Hey now, welcome to the dirty side of the track, America's leading Formula One podcast. I'm Brian, that's Rob. This weekend was the Brazilian GP or the Sao Paulo GP or the Brazil GP, hashtags all work. Uh, it may not have lived up to Rob's hype he built for me for it, but I also built that hype. So we will take that all apart this week. Thanks for joining everybody. Rob, how you doing, man? Not too bad. I mean, we're just kind of sat, you know, when you see... Um railway stations and you've got like the main lines that come through the platforms they got the sidings where like the out of commission trains are that's where me and you are on our brazil hype train from last week yeah we, we are we were so off excited. in the sidings because it we yeah okay we'll get there we'll, we'll get us to what i think might have happened this week um this is a lot to unpack sprint weekend loads to get into so yeah, yeah. let's ease our way into news and social then we'll hit uh sprint weekend then we'll listen to actually I say then we'll listen to pit lane paul he's done another bit of a triple header we've got another triple dealing of paul one after each of the uh days of the weekend um then we'll vote for our king of the pits versus the pits and then we will preview next week's episode which will be our 100th somehow god knows how we've recorded a hundred times but we will have um so yeah so let's get stuck in to news and social which by the way you seem to have hijacked and put your own note in right at the beginning which i'm <laughs> i'm all for it go for it so just a fast note for everyone rob mentions next week is our 100th we'll preview that as the end at the end as we always do but it's going to be a bit self-indulgent so if you're a dirty sider join us you'll have a, a great time and a laugh if you're new to the dirty side just pretend next week is like not what we normally do uh but for everybody the Red Bubble Store, which can be found from our website, www.dirtysideofthetrack.com, and you can find it under the merch tag. Um, we are having a sale. We have lowered the prices on everything. We've added a few new items. These next two weeks, from now through the 100th, up until Vegas, everything is on sale at the Dirty Side Store. And when I say everything, it's all six things. But all six no, of oh, those... there were loads of things. I spent I know, so I know. long putting our logo on There's like 10 things. things, which we've never sold, right? But now with the sale, I've kind of got my eye on a new mouse mat, um, a mug, and I may even part of the throw pillow. <laughs> my my wife has got so many pillows on our bed that you know you have to spend three hours getting rid of them before you can actually get into bed to get to sleep maybe i'll add a, a dirty side one to the pile i mean as well, i did I buy a pillow in the mountain <laughs> i bought a lightweight hoodie and it's on its way i paid for express shipping so i can have it for next week's episode all right back to the real news i'll let you start us off yeah so um a couple of bits and pieces caught our eye it's usually quite slow um between uh back-to-backs because everyone's getting on Train, trains, planes, and automobiles to get to other Grand Prix. But we had some stuff. So uh, Mike Elliott, after 11 years at Mercedes, has parted ways. Um, he was holding their role as chief technical officer. Um, he only came into it six months ago because we covered it because there was a whole bunch of changing of the guards in different positions. And uh, uh, James Allison, uh, they swapped roles. But now it looks like uh, not only has he swapped roles, he's now going to swap employers. Um, onto gardening leave, there's rumors he's going to go to, where did I read? Um, Sauber, I think, is kind of what I... But there's other rumours swirling around saying, will he be after a principal gig? Because there might be some team principal roles up for grabs. And who is it that don't actually physically have a, an official one? They've just... Is it, is it McLaren? No, who's got the... No, they have Stella. Stand-in... There's a few. Hmm? There's Someone went and copied Zach Brown and they wanted to be the CEO, right? So um, That's right, yeah. Where was I? I'm drawing a blank. It's been a long football Sunday as well, so my brain isn't working perfectly. But yeah, no, agreed. And uh, wish him well wherever he may go. I do, I am curious, right? Because there's got to be some continuity from the fact that they remove side pods mid-year. They're working this concept, which before this weekend I would have said was working better. 
And then, uh, you know, they're building towards next year. And no matter what they say, whether they're, they're binning the car and starting over, or they've at least learned things. So hopefully there's not a lot of, you know, sort of continuity that leaves the, the organ for Mercedes. But speaking of Mercedes and former Mercedes, current Williams team principal and former Mercedes employee James Viles and his wife Rachel had a baby girl on Wednesday. That's amazing. Huge congratulations to them. And uh, uh, that's really kind of cool. I don't know how you do that when you're on the road all the time. And I don't mean the having of the baby, but I mean the managing of the baby. Um, I can tell you that I I was on the road for 12 years in a row, every Monday to Thursday, and it sucked when we had two little kids. And so that was one of the reasons I ended up uh, packing it in from consulting. So I wish him uh, a much better work-life balance than I was able to achieve. Uh, doing that. It's going to be difficult with uh, the F1 world, right? That, that's I mean, yeah, got to be a difficult gig to pull off. Unbelievably so. hard. Uh, also, we had, do you know what, Yuki. Yuki is like, um, I don't know, is he kind of turning into kind of the <laughs> Banner versus Hulk of the F1 world? You know, when he's talking about wanting to open a restaurant, he's the nicest, happiest, go-lucky guy in the world. Most of the time, in the moment, he seems to be moaning and angry all the time on radio. It's so, all profanity. Oh, man. And, and last week, he was... Um, uh, there was an issue with Piastri, um, and he felt that he should have got the uh, the decision go his way, and he didn't. Um, but we all looked at it and went, "Well, really, it's, that's all on you." It's you, on you, you, mean, you. <laughs> but he said he wasn't surprised that the stewards didn't hand Piastri a penalty because, and quotes, "they love the top teams." Mm. Oh, oh, I mean, there's two things kind of in that statement. A sour grapes that you think you didn't get uh the treatment you should have got b you've just called your team not a top team so well and also does he know that the sister team the team they're combined with is red bull which is the greatest team in the world right now and has he noticed that okay uh by the way can we talk about what happened after last week alberto fabregas and the whole i know a rumor there's a rumor in the paddock a rumor in the paddock and then it, it everyone else started getting onto this thing for like four hours and other people made fun of it um and it was like i don't want to believe the rumor they have told me in the paddock and there were like eight versions of this fernando leaving or retiring selling aston martin checo leaving red bull there were like a lot of different versions to what people thought this might be races changing canceling abu dhabi i mean there were like i read 800 versions of this the main and, one that got traction was yeah. Fernando, and and, yes. and Fernando kind of the the it snowballed into two different directions, two giant snowballs. Um, one was the swaparoo with Checo, one was the he's retiring because he's fed up with Aston, um, and it reached such crescendo <laughs> that actually Fernando actually came out and said he was just fed up with all the rumours. Um, this Al- Alberto Fabregas that doesn't really tend to kind of react too much then retweeted and kind of came out and apologized about his rumor tweet saying, um, he basically says that didn't have anything to do with Fernando because he didn't mention Fernando. He didn't mention no, Aston. He gave no. no clue about what this rumor no. might be. Um, but he actually kind of come out and went, I, I didn't mean it. It wasn't really to do with Fernando and he does try to the... kind of put the fire out of everything. Because he does a lot of the technical tech. Analysis, exactly. Right? He does a lot yeah. of tech talks and those other things, but he 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 started something and it picked up like wildfire. That was it wasted a good solid twenty four hours of my tweet reading. I, I, time. I sometimes wonder if the if, if the F if F if, if, if there aren't enough eyeballs <laughs> on F one during the between them, do they just kind of say, Right, we need someone to stoke up the internet? Um put their hand in the lucky dip bag, put out the piece of paper, right, Alberto, it's you this week. You need to send out a really vague tweet because we need to get some hype going before Brazil. But Speaking of about looking Brazil. forward towards Brazil. Yes. Well, not of Brazil, but Danny Ricardo um, has kind of come out and said that 
um, the Alpha Tauri is really suiting his driving style. And he's trying to do it in such a way that he's not throwing shade, I think, as the young people say, uh, to McLaren. Just saying that the way that the McLaren is built and structured is directly at odds with his natural driving style and specifically around braking and cornering. And we've touched on this a few times. That McLaren has started looking quick again, but it does have some particular driving style it needs. Yes. And, and me and you both sort of said, you know, there's this whole thing about how I think we, when we were talking to... Um, was it Matt Trumpets about like, him believing that the driver only influences like 5% of the performance yes. of what you can extract out of a car? But I think if you flip that on its head, I do believe that if the car is built in such a way that in order to extract the maximum from it, you need to drive in a particular way. And that's just not your, that's like the polar opposite of your go-to how I drive. Then I think you can struggle to to get the best out of a car. I agree. Do you think that as teams develop cars, so let's build on this fuel here. Do you think Red Bull has built away from Checo and built for Max? No. no. Okay. I, because, right. I mean, I, I heard the interview with Adrian Newey that says he sets out to design the fastest possible car within the regulations. He's not even got hair about who's sitting inside pushing the pedals because those I things thought... can change so quickly. But the chassis that you build, it needs to, it needs to last you for a certain amount of time. So he's just going to look for a car that is an absolute rocket ship. And I think what happens is that, again... If, a, if rocket ship design is easier for Max to drive than it is for Checo to drive, then naturally Max gets more performance out of that car. I do not think they set out and say, we need you to build a rocket ship, but maybe if it could go a little bit faster, but it wouldn't <laughs> suit Max, can you just rein back on it and design something specifically bespoke for Max? I don't buy into that. So then can I, can, can I ask you one other question? I've, for the last three weeks, been harboring this feeling. That as teams are catching up to Red Bull a little bit, I'm using catching up in air quotes, meaning Max isn't 30 seconds ahead at the end of the race, <laughs> but he's five to eight or whatever it is. There's a part of me that feels, and I, I heard this somewhere and no one's really talking about it, that Red Bull has already turned all of their attention to the 2024 car. and They must have done. Right. And they're just leaving this car because they know they got enough with Max. They already won everything. And they're like, yeah, let's just blow people away again next year with the extra time, focus, and effort now, while other people are still Why bringing upgrades, you? or if you're Aston Martin, you're bringing downgrades. And so all these people are bringing stuff for the car, and Red Bull's like, yeah, good luck to you guys in 23. We've already won that, and we're going to win 24 as well, because that's where we're focused. And I'm, that's what Mercedes always did. I know, and that's once why there's you, once a little bit of me. Once you've got stuff in the bag, why would, you, why would you bother focusing on this not, year? You now you go to next year. Which there's like this pit in my stomach that feels like we might have this domination again next year, when it, we were just getting closer at the end of this year. But anyway. We'll see. But, uh, oh, yes, um, Interlagos announced, uh, I think, Friday, just before practice, that um, they're going to remain on the calendar until uh, 2030. Um, one last thing, I'll cover this one, because Brian probably won't understand what the whole line even means other than the first word, which is Toto. But um, we've had all this kind of celebrity investment in Alpine recently. Um, Toto's going the other way and he's kind of outside of the sport. Toto is rumoured to be joining Sir Jim Ratcliffe's bid to try and buy a major share in Manchester United. So um, how can I put it into your terms? That's the Manchester Red Sox um, <laughs> that kick balls around the floor and we call it football, but you won't know what it is if I can. Now has Toto walked into the meeting like this? I have it. I have it printed out. So that yes, I, that's, that's the email that says how much he's going to invest. Yeah. Yes, it's right here. I've printed it out. <laughs> Oh, man. Right. Last but not least, you don't know about this one. Um, no, I don't. I so wrote during fun the week, on one. Yeah, during the week, uh, one of my friends, uh, Mr. John Mulholland, sent me a 
question. And by the way, I think he might have joined the Discord this week because unless there's another Johnny Mulholland, which isn't him, maybe there are two people with the same name, I don't know. But anyway, John sent me a note and said, um, there is only one team that holds a lap record for the current selection of circuits on the calendar at the moment, other than Ferrari, Mercedes, Red Bull, or McLaren. Basically, every circuit that we go to in 2023, uh, the lap record will be held by one of those four teams, apart from one circuit. Do you know one? the circuit and do you know the team? It didn't. And I was really annoyed at myself because I do our blooming race week posters. I put the fastest lap on every single, the lap record on every single one of those posters. And I was this is a great thinking, one. So oh, it's not one. Ferrari, it's not Red Bull, it's not Mercedes, and it's not McLaren. Not McLaren, correct. Okay, Somebody else so has got a lap record at one of the... Alfa Romeo Sauber. Is it... Did Charles set something on fire in like 18 or 19 or whatever? 18 when he was there? No. It's got to be Williams, right? But where? If it's Williams, where's it going to be? They had to be good, and it's been a track we haven't been at in a while that we kind of came back to. I'm not getting it, man. I don't know what is it. It can't be Haas. It can't be Haas. Can't be Alpine. Renault. I don't. Maybe no. Maybe no. Uh, Aston Martin when they were when they were racing point. Could they have said something? I don't know. I give up. What's the answer? Um. So the answer is it's the Singapore Marina Bay Street Circuit. Okay. And if you go there, the current race. Lap record, uh, sorry, the current lap record at Singapore F1 held by Kevin Magnussen. No way. Uh, set in a Haas in 2018. <laughs> You're kidding me. I was convinced it was going to be. I went back to him and I was like, I thought maybe, like, I don't know, like some really random, like, Braun GP still, like, Button had one from one of the tracks we don't go to very often, but we are at this year. I was like, but no, I definitely haven't put Button on uh, that poster this year, but yeah. If we'd had, like, the port of in here where, like, we'd been away for a while and come back during COVID, I might have, like, gone with something like that. But I couldn't even figure out a track now that we haven't been to. That's a great one, by the way. And welcome a great to the one. Discord so, to your friend. Yeah, thanks, John. That was that was a good one. That and, uh, yeah, it had me had me flummoxed, I believe is the correct word. Anyway, yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, let's crack open the video vault. We shall do so. All right, so the video vault this week has about five or six videos, but I'm going to let Rob talk about the first one because I also had this on my list, but you put it in here first, so why don't you give I a did. little I perspective? I did. I functions 11, and I snuck into the vault uh, without you being there and, uh, <laughs> and threw one in for the first time in 100 years. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching, um, I was on Instagram flicking through, and I saw the friend of the show, one of our very first guests, I think. I yes. think he was maybe second only to Nate. He's worn the Dirty um, Side t-shirt we sent him many times in many of his on-camera. I know, I know. He's, uh, so we're, and we're talking about uh, ex-Red Bull engineer, Blake, a.k.a. Break F1. And it's intentional because there's three R's in there. Um, anyway, he was in Austin, and he got to uh, reunite with his former team, and he did a, an interview with Checo and Max. And it's just really good. It's just fun because it's obvious that he's just happy to be back amongst them they you know he's, he used to be max's performance engineer so he knows him the only slight shame is it was recorded on a microphone worse than our first episode um <laughs> so it's oh or the one when we interviewed matt bishop and i sound like i'm in a submarine somewhere underneath the ocean but so other than sound quality if you can get past that it's uh it's, really it's a really good. good watch i really enjoyed it they put subtitles on it because i know the sound isn't great so i really enjoyed it and blake kudos to you man it was fantastic Couple other ones here. Braun, the impossible Formula One story, the official trailer on Hulu. Two minutes. Oh my 
God, it's coming November 15th on Hulu. Now, I have like the free Hulu. Can I get this? Or do I need a this fancy Hulu? I, do we know I the know difference? Because it also keeps being shown as being on Disney Plus. So I don't know if it's going to be or if that's just for the UK Disney Plus. I'm kind of hoping it's not because I subscribe I to know. Disney Plus and I don't subscribe to Hulu. So I'm going to be very upset. If I'll share my UK password Disney with you Plus. for a minute if you do. Um, I cannot wait. Max and Checo play a round of golf against TaylorMade on the Red Bull Channel. Eight minutes. This was kind of it's fun. Taylor so made the, is Taylor made the less uh, popular Taylor Swift? <laughs> oh, that was such a dad joke. Um, oh, it was. It was awful. I'm, so, I'm not even sorry. They have a guy there representing TaylorMade whose name I didn't catch, but he's not. his name's not Taylor nor Made. He's a person, and they just called him TaylorMade, representing the golf club. And so it was fun. Checo was the pro um, against the pro, and Max was the driver. And they had a variety of different holes to try where, like, you had to do it as fast as you could. They played against each other. Like, it was fun, but Max was always the driver. And uh, I loved it. I mean, again, it's eight minutes. It's a good time to kind of watch them do this. And then Alex and Logan carve pumpkins on the Williams channel, five minutes long. This was great. I love how they approached differently their their idea of making jack-o'-lanterns. And I'm not going to spoil it, so you should check it out. I will say this, though. I was fairly certain watching this video that both of them were going to have no thumbs left at the end. I watched this one as well, and I'm with you. So if you're Williams, right, do you watch them doing that? And at certain points, again, no spoilers, but at certain points, do you kind of go, maybe this wasn't the best idea for... <laughs> I mean, you have to think the marketing people are behind the cameras going, oh, crap, we may have just they're going to cut their thumbs off so that we can have five imagine minutes if, of content. Imagine if they have to miss a race. Right? I mean, <laughs> it's not like it's not like the manly reason of Danny Rick for crashing into a wall and breaking broken arm. Are we going to miss the race? I was carving a pumpkin and I cut the end of my thumb off and I can't well, hold the steering wheel properly. And at one point, Logie takes the pumpkin and puts it in his lap and starts carving into it. I'm like, no, don't do that. That's even worse. Push right through the bottom and ooh, ouch. <laughs> yeah, ouch. All right, and then the uh, F1 Vegas update. Construction, track progress, walking tour. I found this on the Amusement Insider channel, as always, for all of you dirty siders. I plumb the depths of the internet to find the best F1 content. It, as I said, 12 minutes, it's really good. If you want to get a feel for how the track is really kind of laid out, not just looking at the upside-down pig and not doing what I do when I get in an Uber and try to have them drive as much of it as possible, you can actually see where they've resurfaced, where the, where the well, they're not calling it the paddock, but the pit garage is, because the guy who did the shooting there a few years ago, his last name was Paddock, so they're not calling it the paddock. I don't know if you caught really? that. Yeah, really. Oh, Okay. Welcome to America, where we have so many mass shootings, we can't use names anymore. And so, <laughs> sorry for that. And then, so then, it's just, it's wild to see it, the track. It's like they have bridges, and all the lights are up, and it's amazing. And Paul's going to actually touch on a little bit. I did hear one part of Paul's review about Vegas maybe not being all as excited as they were initially for this, because the way they've had to close most of the city. But this is a fun 12 minutes. It's basically a, a good view of it all. And I do want to talk a little bit more about Vegas, but we're going to close the vault. But before we get to this week, Rob, I got I to gotta ask you this. So uh, yesterday, did I text you this? I can't remember. You did, about prices plummeting. Yes. I found a flight on Spirit where you have to actually change the tires yourself on the plane. But on Spirit, I could get there for like 350 bucks. The hotel rooms have cratered. We could get a room uh, at the MGM Grand, which is just on the south part of, the, of it'll be on the outside of the track, which is actually probably more convenient, um, for like three fifty a night or three sixty five a night. Those were these were thousands. 
over a thousand, like not I long know. ago. And yeah. I, I've stayed at the MGM Grand in the bad room. Like I've had it. It's behind the jewelers, like one level up from the casino floor and it smells like smoke the whole time. But that's okay. Um, I've had that room. And so I looked at this and I'm like, the tickets are still expensive. They're cheaper than they were. But they're coming down, so I'm just well, saying. This, this is the thing: it's pack defined, a bag, no, they, be on ready no. alert. Yes, be on not, ready not, alert. They, they, yes. when you, they are cratering, but they, they are coming down from astronomical in price to just being regular expensive now. The tickets, yes, so, the tickets, but the no, rest no, even, is down. Even, well, if your flight might be, but three fifty, okay, but that's a hotel that's per night. So we're still you're still yep. north of a grand if you want to be there for all of it. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it's. I'm sure they're going to get some people this week jump, uh, or next week even, uh, jump on kind of some late deals because they obviously overestimated the draw that this event was going to have. There's only so many celebrities that are going to pay to go, and then you need to be able to attract numbers, like in the hundreds of thousands of numbers to make yep. a proper event. And while you might get a number of lots of people with more money than sense that will attend, you won't get that many. So... But they didn't seem, me and you called this out right at the beginning, they didn't seem to have like a tiered pricing structure no. where like the regular F1 fans stood a chance of getting anywhere near it. And these kind of price crashes kind of reflect that. But I guess we'll see how it plans plans out. But uh, Well, if you're not going, I'd say being any listeners out there who want to go with me, let me know. I'm a, I'm a fun <laughs> date. I snore a little, uh, but I'm easy to buy drinks. So let me know. Yeah, and just make sure that you're within close uh, reach of toilet facilities because the man has the bladder the side of a walnut. <laughs> but anyway. Uh... <laughs> anyway, right. right. So, uh, Brazil, here we go. Brazil. Welcome, welcome to um, Brazil. I'm almost going to skip straight into quali yeah. because really, in a sprint weekend, practice is so almost pointless because everyone's trying to save tyres and they can't really do much setup and we didn't really get to learn anything uh, only Ferrari tested softs, everyone else went on hards, which were apparently not going to be seen in the race, which they weren't. So let's really write off the whole practice as a waste of time. Done. Then we went um, to Quali with no time to really get stuff dialed in. Um, and the big question was, at least at the beginning, was weather. You could see weather coming and people were debating the weather in Friday's Quali. And Q1 happened without any incident, uh, but we did lose both Alfa Romeos, both Alfa Tauris, and Logan, the sergeant. So that was a, a bummer. And then in Q2, although actually before I go here to Q2, there were a lot of people like this whole impeding thing, exiting the pits became, it came to a head, right? It became a real issue where cars were going slowly and they were supposed to have been on the left, and you could pass on the right, even though it was a single lane. And so we had a lot of cars going slowly in the middle of the lane, and then we had people like Lewis and especially Max, who came flying down on the grass around people. He's like, get out of my way! Like he was going to be late for the bus or something, and he went by at 100 miles an hour on the inside of, on the outside of people, I guess it would. And there were penalties associated with that. Pierre, Esteban, and George all got a two-place grid drop for the way they slowed in the center of the pit exit, which, as everyone knows from Brazil, is a very winding and curvy they, and long They knew pit the exit. rules, right? They, they yeah. said, look, this is getting ridiculous. We get that you want to try and get uh, space from the car in front. And, and I, I wonder if... Okay, I'm going to say something now that I haven't researched or even thought through, so you can well uh, done. hit me down for this no, one. No, this, um, this is the good stuff coming right this here. This is the good stuff, yeah. So, you know they introduced this Delta stuff where you, yes. you've got the minimum lap time, no, the maximum lap time you're allowed to do before you get yeah. a penalty. It felt it like Monza was one of the first the times you saw that. The clock doesn't start until you safety cross car the safety line car line, right? Yes. So, 
are they trying to get around that by not yes. joining the track? Yes. That's basically what they're doing, right? Yes. So the FIA has kind of bought this on themselves by saying, rather than make the Delta for the entire lap, including the pit lane, they've kind of done this. It's not even a full lap, is it? It's safety car line around to the finishing line. So it's like... A safety car line to safety center. car line. So it's before it's you go into car. the pits and after you come out of the pits. Okay, so it's like 90% of the of, yes. the, of the lap or whatever it is, yes. right? So F1, you know, you give... <laughs> These engineers, uh, technical directives, and they will engineer their way around it. They will find loopholes. Oh, exactly. You give them a rule about delta time, and they will go, hmm, so the pit lane doesn't count, you say. And I can create <laughs> a gap by sitting at the end of the pit lane. And here's the other thing. When Max did this a couple times and actually came to a complete stop, and they didn't penalize him, and then they said they should have, and then George did it at another race, and they didn't penalize him, and they warned him. Why wouldn't cars keep doing this? And so you just keep pushing your luck until exactly. they do something. So and a two-place yeah. grid drop was—I mean—that is a penalty. But you—they ha were in the middle. If they'd been on the left, I don't think they would have gotten this penalty. Um, no, no, they tried I to make space. Right. Anyway, sorry. The last, my favorite last part of Q1 was when Yuki comes back into the pits, and for some reason he'd had—and uh, I, I didn't even see why—but he had a problem with Lewis, and he came in, and his radio message was like Beetlejuice. It was Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was going to have Lewis Hamilton appear right in front of him at that point, like a genie out of the bottle. Poof, I have appeared my name three times. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you went down that route because I'm still traumatized as a kid from watching, what's the horror film, Candyman, if you say the name three times into a mirror? Yeah, let's not, let's not go down oh, that route. Alrighty but, then. Uh, anyway. And then, so Q2, uh, we lost uh, both Haas, the Alpines, and Alex Albon, uh, closing out the Williams team. So five teams out, five teams in. And Alex did have track limits. He was looking... A little frisky, not particularly. Like a bit more pace in there, but it was yeah. one of the few track limits. I think we even saw this whole weekend. I think it was so actually just... the only one. So yeah, and then Q3, Q3 was a bit of a damp squib, pun intended, um, because we got some first runs out. Now, a lot of people hadn't even. Got... Are they not got their first runs in? Some of them properly. When the rain came down. No, some of them. Um, I think it was Oscar someone out did a run. Out. He went and, out way and... too late. Yeah. Okay. So. Were they? Is that another symptom of this whole sprint weekend format where people are worried about tires? So a lot of people went for kind of like one-shot stuff and, and left it too Could late. Be. Be. And then the rain comes down and uh, it was all done. It was kind of... Um, okay, Max has set some records this weekend and he's absolutely brilliant. But I am going to say this and sound like a down on him. He didn't deserve pole. He was no. not the fastest he, he driver in qualifying. No. And he got lucky by timing. He was so like six tenths or seven tenths off his, his lap in Q2. Yeah, and he was seven tenths slower. Pole position was seven tenths slower than Lando's fastest time in Q2. So he got lucky. And of all the drivers that we didn't want to get lucky to give some spice to the race, kind of having him on pole position wasn't really what we wanted. But, uh, you know, kudos to him. It's not his fault. He can't, unless he was doing some sort of like really, really amazingly efficient rain dance in the pit lane to make it rain <laughs> after he went out, then we can't blame him for he that. He found so... the Magnuson rain doll and he was <laughs> using it from last year. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So it gave us a bit of a jumbled up. We had um, Max on pole, Leclerc in second, obviously set up for an amazing race. Uh, yes. <laughs> no one told us hydraulics. Then Lance. we had the third best driver of the season in third place on merits. Lance. Did you see his interview? Like he went running in there and they did the interview with him and he's like, oh yeah, I should be here. I'm like, really? Fernando, Lewis, George, Lando, Carlos, Checo, and then Oscar was out too late, as you said, whether it's tires or whatever. When you see that rain coming, you got to get those banker laps in, guys. I don't understand why we don't know that yet. And then before we finish this off and go to the sprint shootout on the Saturday, we had the end of the quality. 
pretty much finished, but there's still a lot of fans in the stadium. The weather, obviously, the heavens oh opened. Gosh. We saw people sprinting into the into the pit lane garages, and um, we saw roofs being ripped off grandstands, uh, and one of them kind of collapsed. But thankfully, no reported injuries, as far as I could see anywhere. Most of it looked more scary than um, life-threatening, because these were fabric. A lot of the ones that went were those fabric yeah. roofs that just basically just tore. They just came off like a sardine can. But, like, imagine this had happened when we were at Canada. What what do you do when that happens? Like what what where do you go? We like, had where no would roof. we, have we were gone? just getting wet, Brian. No, no, I understand that. But like if it's if it's dangerous, you can't sit at the top of the grandstands when lightning is coming through. Would we have hid it in those trees next to the porta potties? I don't know where we'd have gone. Exactly. We'd, have, we'd have phoned Paul and just begged him to let us into the <laughs> help. Oh, so then, then we, yeah, go to Saturday. Yeah, then we go to Saturday. Uh, sprint shootout one. Um, I'm going to find it difficult to really review this because everybody in the world had technical difficulties and we had this really, really awkward watching where you couldn't hear any action on track or, or radios and you just had the commentary team over the top, which was just wrong. And then in addition to no actual ambient sounds from the track, you had like a glitch, at least on mine, every like 10 seconds occasionally with the sound would glitch. It was a, a big old mess. Um, but I, the only the real note, right, is Ocon's contact with Alonso. I love afterwards, even after reviewing it, he said, I didn't lose the car. What? You didn't lose no. the car? <laughs> Did I mean, I... He didn't lose it, lose it. He lost it slightly and caught it again. But I'm going to say that in the action of catching it, he ran that's into what Fernando. caused him to run. Yeah. Yes. And Fernando did twitch left a little bit. But... He did. He did. But he was also in the left corner. I mean, he, he how long can you go straight? He, was go he should have. So like, here's the thing. Could Fernando have been more to the right? Yes. Did he need to turn at that second? No. But would every other car who hadn't lost it gone through fine? Yes. It's on Esteban. Of course they would. Yeah. So and we then, lost... Yeah, go um, ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to say, so we um, we lost Ocon, Stroll, Joe, Albon, and Sargent. Um, but Stroll, Joe, Albon, and Sargent got totally hosed yes. by the red flag because they hadn't been out. And they did look like they had some pace, those four. So felt sorry for them. Um Sprint shootout two was a bit of a nothing burger. We lost Alonso because they couldn't repair his car in time. Both the Hass, the Gas Man, and Bottas. Sprint shootout three, Brian. Why was like, everyone waiting so long? I was thinking, I, I, I got to be honest. Um, for a split second, I was thinking that the countdown in the top left-hand corner was the countdown to sprint shootout three starting. <laughs> like, like they were letting us know that it's gonna, That's you know, good. the green light and the pit lane will be on in in six minutes. Because I'm sitting watching this and thinking this. Have I? Well, I did have to step out quickly, you know, go and sort some crap out, and then get back to the TV. I'm like, it's, this can't be. No one's on track. What's going on? And then suddenly the commentary team went, yes, because of this format and tire allocation, like this is going to be a single no single lap shootout. Right, no single bankers. lap shootout, no bankers. And uh, do you know what? I liked it for that. It was a little window into what quality could be when people like Fernando talk about one shot quality, um, because. Because so many, uh, you're down to uh, 10 by the time you get uh, 10 cars, by the time you get down to shoot out three, everyone can just naturally filter out the pit lane slowly. No one's going to catch each other on a single lap. Um, so you almost guaranteed no traffic. And we just got to see single shootout. I quite enjoyed that. Well, uh, I did too. Um, but I have, this is one thing I have said. This is the only thing I like of these sprints is the shorter quality. I like the 12, 10, 8 minutes for quality. Yes. And I wish yep. they would actually take that to regular weekends. Uh, you may have to adjust based on the lap, like at Spa, that doesn't really work. And I know it was a challenge there; it was a guaranteed it's, one shot because twelve-minute lap. Yeah, you're out lap, and you're and then you're hot lap, and you're in lap, and you know you've already gone way past the time. 
Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought that was fun. Obviously, it was exciting to see Lando on pole, followed by Max, Checo, George, Lewis, Yuki, Charles down for, far down, Danny Rick, Carlos, and Piastri. So I was pumped. I'll just be honest. I left the shootout thinking this could be a fun race. We've watched McLaren get closer and closer. Lando and Max are friends, but they race each other hard, and Lando's not going to want to roll over for his buddy. This is going to awesome and then the the sprint race starts and at the end of the first corner max is in front i'm like oh crap yeah i mean kudos to max i mean his reaction time was almost negative i mean it was although actually having said that um i'm pretty sure that in swimming um if your reaction time is that quick to diving into the pool they they claim it's a uh, false start because you must have anticipated and gone because a human can't react that quick just saying. Uh, yeah, but, but this is racing, not swimming. Max, yeah, but it's still human reaction speed. I mean, the, if you saw the difference between Max and Lando, like Max's reaction time was like, not even, well, it, it was literally fractions of seconds, but it was like nothing. It was How like many almost times as soon as the lights, the lights went lights? out. How many times did he jump the lights? Zero. I don't know. He's doing it. He's just that good. No, but it is the, there is some anticipation of there. Course, of course, the, of course, of so. course. But anyway, because of that amazing start, he nails Lando into the first corner, and that's that. And I kind of knew that that was that. So now you've got to kind of take your aspirations for excitement and look at midfield battles, which we we got some, um, a lot of DRS overtakes. Do you know what? I actually started getting bored. I started getting bored of the DRS switcheroo. Yeah, me too. Um, so take, overtake somebody on the, bat, on the home straight, over the finishing line, into turn one, get DRS, overtake them, through the S's, as long as the other car behind you, because where that second detection zone is, at the bottom of the S's, it almost penalized you for wanting to get the overtake done prior to that because the car behind you was almost going to take you back. And I can't remember, I could go through the notes and count them, but we saw a lot of them with yes. the, I've got you, ah, you've got me back. Well, in the race, we'll talk about this. I actually think the best overtakes were the ones that were done in turn one and you held it through the back straight. Yes. The, yes. And Checo had a lot of those. So like, I, we'll talk about Checo in a second. I was with Martin. It felt like the old Checo was back, except someone had detuned his car a little because it was still way behind Max. But other than that, <laughs> it felt like, felt like he was back. So but anyway. Yeah. We, we had a lot of good moves. We had Danny Rick was looking racy. We had uh, Checo and George. Uh, uh, yeah, we had a lot of these kind of these back and forths, but it kind of just, um, I don't know. You wrote this note that said, loving it. Signs, Danny, Oscar, and Fernando, and Pierre, and Stroll are all rocking up and are all going at it back in each other. And I was like, I am, but I'm kind of, this is already set in the scene that this isn't going to be the thing that we predicted last week. We both said Red Bull haven't got a great track record here. Um, Mercedes have been phenomenal here. Other cars have brought it here. So we've probably got a race for first going on. But when I saw how easily Max won the sprint yeah. after he pulled away. I was like, this is just a foreshadowing. This is the teaser trailer for tomorrow already. So Yeah, and it was. So actually, I would I would say this. I actually didn't think it would be a weak track for Red Bull. I know their history, but I was thinking of their car. I did think Mercedes would be good. The thing I was very wrong about, I thought Mercedes would be strong here. I, it just the way their car has progressed, it felt like a carbon copy of last year as things got yes. stronger through the year. Lewis loves this track. It's just like, all right, here we go. 
we're going to have a good McLaren, we're going to have a good Mercedes, and we'll have Ferrari right behind them, and maybe they're pushing Max. They've been getting closer to the Red Bull. Maybe we've got Lando and Lewis knocking at the door a couple seconds behind. Can they stay in DRS? And the answer was the only person who had any car that was worth anything was Lando, and he was still being dropped by a rate of knots. Mercedes was horrendous. This whole weekend, I don't understand what didn't I fit. Don't I don't get it either. Why, like, why their I, car I didn't when, work here? When Matt Trumpets was on, he used a great uh, phrase of the Franken yeah. car. Right? <laughs> they don't and know where they'll be good or you, bad. And like, even Lewis has said this as well. They just don't know from race to race where they're going to be good at. But I just felt that Brazil, though, would be that. In the same way that Red Bull looked at Singapore and went, oh, God, I don't know how we're going to get through this weekend. I felt the Mercedes were going to look at Brazil and go, yes, rubbing my hands together now. Here we come into Lagos. I, I know. I know. But so... I was loving it. I'll say this. When I read your note that Max went off into the sunset and it was a bummer, I just like it felt to me as a fan like you got sucked in like Charlie Brown going to kick the football. And Lucy has been showing you a better race routinely where people are closer to Max. And you're like, oh, maybe someone will topple Max here on merit. No, he's still the best. We have to worry about second. Our races we are both for predicted second. a non Red Bull win last well, week. But I also. We, we... I also, Didn't we? I also buy lottery tickets. I mean, like, you know. No, but what I mean is we, we both fell for this whole... I know. Like, we read the stats out last week that, like, Max has only won here once in 2019. And, like, last year, they sucked. Red Bull sucked here last year. We had this I team know. orders down in 7th and 8th. It's like it's like Singapore Mark Two, But that was just not... It wasn't. Just not relevant here this weekend at all. We just got to remember, Max is in a different league. He's racing a four, an F0 car. Everyone else is racing F1. And uh, with the exception of uh, some of the teams at the back who are in F2. Uh, last thing I had on this, just to tie it up for me, and you can go wherever else you like, was at the end, Yuki went by Lewis, which was both insult to injury for Mercedes. A, A, B... What has Alpha Tauri done? Did they go rummaging in the Red Bull parts bin in the last couple weeks for these cars I, to be this fast? I don't understand how oh, this late in the season you go, can pull a McLaren. We go right back to what you were saying. So Red Bull have already started looking for next year's car? Yeah. Maybe. They've also started a little side project called Operation Alpha Tauri. <laughs> I mean, do you remember Tracing Point? We need to come up with a name for Racing Point's Mercedes is what Alpha Tauri's uh, Red they're Bull the blue, is. They're the Blue Bull, aren't they? But, yeah, uh, exactly. They're the Blue Bull. You're so giving let's me bring blue it, let's bulls bring it here to, to, as we talk about this because it didn't happen. But when Yuki went by Lewis, I loved it. And do you think he was on his radio going, Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton again? He's probably swearing again, to be honest, 100%. and being grumpy. So that's what Yuki's doing at the moment. But, okay, so we bring it to today. Um, everyone on the softs, apart from Logan, that started on the med- mediums, as you would say, I think. Mediums. Yes. We, I don't think we saw um, any hards, right? Did we see any hards today? I don't remember no. any. If we did, no, we'll, it must we'll have been an accident. We'll, we'll come back to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, and then you phoned me during the formation lap. <laughs> Just got out of the shower. Which is a rarity. I'm not even sure we, me and you have ever really properly spoken on the phone during the race because we're normally no. trading notes on our uh, Notion. By the way, we're not sponsored by Notion, but Notion is an amazing tool and you should all use it. It's a fantastic online tool. Not anyway, a sponsor. Um, I'm watching this replay as your phone is ringing of Charles disappearing into a barrier on the formation lap. And I'm just like... Oh, please don't let it be driver error. Charles does not need that right now. Please just say the car just died on him, which <laughs> apparently it did. I it mean, did. which is still still soul-destroying for it. But, um, oh my God, to not even make formation lap. That's got to be like one of the badges of shame that drivers wear which is kind of like the all the you know they're later on they'll all be out tonight and uh you know, having a drink and people are pointing and going look didn't even make the formation lap dns little... did not start 
I was envisioning the radio message when it came across being this one from no! from France from a year ago. Yep. Uh, but you're right, it wasn't him. He did go. I mean, his message was heartbreaking. I have the worst luck. I have the worst luck. I thought about recording that and using it, but I just can't. I like him too much. That was a kicker. It just kicked you right in the in the blue bulls. But so then, uh, then we yeah. had the start, and we had um, you and I had both said, you know, "What will Aston do at the start?" Because will we potentially see Max shunted out here? Go where, backwards. Uh, Lance is like right up at the front in third, <laughs> thinking, "What the hell am I doing here?" It's like an elephant up a tree. You don't know how it got there. Um, but, um, <laughs> this corner is, is mine, and I'm taking it. it. <laughs> Yeah, is he going to send it in corner one just to go, maybe I could lead a GP for at least a lap before Max overtakes me again, but accidentally torpedo him and take him out? Well, <laughs> Didn't get a chance. Didn't get a chance. Done it while, they, while they've taken the upgrades off, and that did turn out to be a good decision for Aston Martin, what they haven't done is work out how to start because both of them both went of into them. reverse. Even Fernando. Yep. I mean, it yeah. was bad. They were both passed on the outsides by other cars. Lewis and I want to say, I can't remember. Um... Lando, I want to say, uh, was the other just, one. Just make it up. I'll yeah, Lando and Lewis. Uh, yeah, bunch Lando of, bunch Lewis, of Brits yep. took them on the outsides. Um, and then as I'm trying to figure out what that meant and as I'm watching that, all of a sudden chaos erupts towards the second half of the field. And it was wild for me. And this was one of the few times where karma actually worked in Formula One because Kevin Magnussen is coming down the middle of the track. To the outside of him is Nico Hulkenberg and to the outside of him is Alex Albon. Alex Albon was on a flyer. Um, came up next to Nico, and Nico saw him, and the two of them were battling. But K-Mag, I don't know if he knew Alex was on the outside of, of Hulk. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pinch you off here and make sure I get the corner. And as he did that, he ran Hulk into Alex. Alex pinballed around and nailed Hulk, or na nailed K-Mag. So K-Mag caused Hulk to go right, and then the the <laughs> this chain reaction was Albon comes around and hits K-Mag. So K-Mag got his his due his due. Yeah, I felt sorry for K-Mag. Did you hear what they said on the commentary team? No, it was that he retired on the first corner last year. So that's two years in a row now that he's flown all the way to Brazil, and taken part but in the entire weekend last year. And his his well, he didn't. We did. He had that stupid thing where we called it pole position, but he started from eight. But according because... to the record books, he has a pole position. Oh yeah, position according to the record year. book, but no you shove the record book years. up your uh, whatever. But um, yeah, up your double diffuser. So, so he started eighth or whatever it was, and didn't make the first, didn't make the end of the first lap. So that's two years in a trot now that he has gone to Brazil and not even finished a lap, which you know. And we saw a we saw a, a wheel bouncing around. Oh my which god, that was scary. Um, uh, took uh, Danny Rick's. Um, rear wing out uh oscar had got a broken rear wing of bits of car everywhere so it, it got red flagged it needed to get red flagged um so everyone sat around while we waited for everything to be repaired and we got to the restart and this one wasn't as spicy no um kind of it kind of all everybody pulled away and this time got through um but we then we then quickly settled into what we'd seen the day before yeah, like, I would actually say we had 10 laps. Here's my, my humble okay, opinion. We had 10 laps from the second restart of actual racing, of actual people jockeying for position, whether it was... Because by lap 11, Max, Lando, and Fernando had spaced themselves out. There was a DRS train behind Lewis in fourth. We don't often see DRS trains that far up. Lewis in fourth with George, Checo, Lance, Carlos, and Pierre all behind him on DRS, but all of them just running in position. But everyone is battling. Valtteri took Nico, George... Um, was taken Valtteri. by Checo. We'll, we'll, on the, we'll come there later. I oh, know. George uh, uh, was taken by Checo on the back straight, and then George is like, are we working together? And the team goes, still discussing. 
What? You gotta have an ant. You've been we're talking about it for five laps. Are we are we working as a team? Uh, just hold position. Are we working as a team? You're doing great. Tires are good. And then he gets taken by Checo. He goes, I thought we were working as a team. Still discussing. I mean, it was like Ferrari had taken over Mercedes strategy this weekend. But then at this point, by lap fourteen or fifteen, it felt like we kind of had settled in into. I don't know, a little bit of a lull for till the end of the race, in my humble opinion. We Checo uh, did take I, Lewis, but other than that, I didn't have many notes. No, I'm with you on this. I'm like, we settled into, we settled into almost forty, if not fifty, laps of tire management. That's what we settled into. Um, I'll keep my powder dry in this one, and, and I'll come to it later. But we had some battles going on. We had. You know, we had exchanges for position, but they were all really in that, what you just said, like fourth through 14th, maybe. Yeah. But there were, there were, obviously, we'd like lost like a bunch of cars at this point. It was like turning into a war of attrition. I think we ended up losing six cars, which feels like a lot this season. Yeah. Um, and then you had little tactical battles going on in that in that midfield. Valtteri was making moves. Valtteri, out of everybody, was kind of looking. He, I think he was to 11th, knocking on the door of points. Well, he, he was in points for a while, but when people were pitting, and I'm like, oh, yes. can he hang on to this, depending on strategy? And then he went out on lap 41. I know. Well, he came in, that. and I was thinking, he's pitting. Yeah. And, and they'd made a great, well, is it a great call? They'd made a call to keep sets of uh, fresh tire, but they'd sacrifice quality right. to some degree to keep the tires for race day. And it looked at this point like it was going to play out perfectly, and Valtteri was going to be in the points. The Alpha didn't suck for once pace-wise. Well. And he loves this circuit, and he, he was knocking on the door of points. Yeah, yeah. Which I know doesn't sound where he's, you know, saying that they're knocking on the door of points is actually a good performance for uh, Alfa Romeo because they've been terrible the last year. So when he pulled in and they said, yeah, they've got the fans out to cool the car down, not the wheel guns to change the wheels, it was like, oh, you're kidding me. And Joe had retired 15 oh, laps or so earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'll say this. So in this middle section, the thing I took away. Carlos was passing the Mercs. We realized the Mercedes were not good. Like, like we'd seen yeah. it yesterday, but it proven itself on Sunday. At this point, when Carlos was passing them relatively effortlessly, Checo had passed them. I'm like, all right, so the Mercedes have problems. And we got Yuki knocking on their door again, even though he's going off the track and sliding around half the time. Um, the thing for me, and I agree with Martin, Checo had two or three overtakes. He took, I think, both Mercedes where he took them on the home straight, went through the Senna S, and then on the back straight, he defended against them and then closed the door into turn four in a professional yet defensive way. He reminded me, Checo did, of why he's been called the Mexican Minister of Defense, even though in reality, Fernando's the real Minister of Defense, is a Spanish Minister of Defense. But like, anyway, my point is, this little fake minister of defense, he can do that. He has done yes. that. He did. He's done this in his career. And that guy came back. He's like, I want these positions. I want your spot on the grid, and I'm going to keep my seat. Goodbye. And then when he, when Hamilton undercut him, and Checo then pitted two laps later, came out behind Hamilton, and he took him back again and did the same thing again. I'm thinking, boy, this is going to be good. And then he, he I don't did. know if he burnt his tires out or what. But he just did not have the pace when it came to the end with him and Fernando. And we'll get to that in a second. But I had fun well, I watching we, Checo. We, that was my highlight in the middle. To, I think we kind of get to there now because not a lot happened. Not <laughs> I did lot, write. Not a lot happened. Everybody kind of stayed in. We, we had no DRS trains. No, we, we had, had no bizarre, one in DRS. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We had this bizarre spread of the field where like, there was huge chunks of time between people. I mean, the front three had almost like disappeared off into the distance until Checo decided he wanted to have a little bit of the action. Everyone else seemed to be falling backwards. Right. Um, and then Checo 
got the bit between his teeth and he started hunting Alonso down. You're looking at this and thinking he's 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 going to be on his gearbox soon. And he was catching him at a rate of knots. And you're thinking, well, okay, Fernando is whatever it was, 25 seconds behind Max. So Max is pulling away. That Red Bull is fast here. Therefore, Checo is fast here. Right. And he caught him and he got him. Sorry, he got onto his gearbox, but he got onto his gears. I think you wrote something like the 60. only close battle is lap 60. So we've got 11 laps to go. Yeah. He did not make a dent for 10 laps. Fernando he just sat for there. 10 laps. And then suddenly, whether it was, I don't know, Fernando's tires going or Checo going, oh, now I push. I'm not quite sure what happened. <laughs> but all of a sudden, it was tangibly closer. It was like constantly on the back, constantly in DRS. And then when he got him on lap, what was it, 71 lap race? So 70 when yep. um, Checo finally got him. And then, like you said, kept him at bay for corner four. I was like, oh, no. I, I was kind of like, both disappointed and happy at the same time. I was happy to see Checo back Me on the too. podium. I was gutted for Alonso at the same time that Me he's too. kind of defended well for so long. I didn't see the last lap coming. Me either. I didn't. I I agree 100%. You nailed it. Like this was, again, the first, for me, the first 14 laps or 15 laps are fun. I know they, the drama lessened as you got through those 15. And then there was, like you said, tire management. There were some good battles. Checo said he announced everyone I'm back. And then the last lap was basically the last two laps. I don't understand if even on shot tires, that Red Bull is way faster than the Aston. Yes. So, I, man. And I'm clearly not going to make Checo my pits this week for the first time in like five, <laughs> but he he should have taken Fernando sooner or been able to. And when he took him, he should have been able to hold it. And I, I got to give all credit to Fernando. Like that was epic, the way he fought back. And even in the post-race interview, he was like, well, I was passed. I figured he'd take off into the sunset. And then he kind of went deep on turn one. And I'm like, all right, maybe I can take him back. And he did. And then he held him off on the last run up to the start finish line by point oh five three. Are you did, kidding? Did you me? think he? Did you think he'd kept it? No, because I forgot how early the start finish line is at Brazil. And when Checo passed him, I thought it was closer not not to the bridge at the end, but closer to the yeah. middle of the grid. And I'm like, Checo got him. And then I remembered the start finish line is very far, or not very far, but it's pretty far back. And so I went back. It, it took and me a minute to see the, yep. the timing on the left hand side. I thought Checo I was had him. Absolutely convinced that Checo had got him by like. You know, um, the flip, like the McQueen's tongue sticking out, right? It was yeah. like, um, <laughs> I thought so too. Um, but but kudos to Fernando for holding on to that. That's a very well won podium, and you have to give him credit not just for taking the spot back on lap 71, which was amazing and great to watch, but the fact that he held him off for 10 laps because there's no way Fernando holds him off for more than a lap. What he did there at the end was everything he had. If yes, Checo 100%. passed him on lap 61, he's gone. Fernando might have gotten him back on 62, then Checo gets him back goodbye. Like, there's yep. no way yep. that happens unless Fernando had been playing defense for 10 laps like he did. And it was all above board. That was the fun part. Like, you watch these guys, both Checo and Fernando, the whole race. All their defense was, was like, sound, fair defense. It was fun to watch. Yep. And so, podium, Max... I'm sure you're going to hit us with some sap stats soon about uh, what that win meant. You know, Max just was flawless. Didn't do anything wrong. Never really got challenged other than Mac, uh, Lando having a little look at him at the beginning. But Max did what Max does in that car and just brought it home easily. Kudos to Lando. I mean, I, I don't quite understand how he was also quite so far ahead of everybody else. Because him and Max were in a league of their own. Well, totally. like a mini league. Yeah. <laughs> Max obviously at the top of that league. Then Lando. Um 
Lando and Fernando. Um, well, and, have uh, we, yeah, nice to, go on. Sorry, have we found like now that this has happened now a few races? And unless the track is really doesn't suit the McLaren, we've basically found that Max still can't be touched. Lando, on the other hand, also can't be touched by anyone else besides Max. It's like you have, you're sort of assuming you have Max and you have Lando, and then you have this giant wrestling match for third and beyond. Yeah. And it's like yep. everyone's in that Mercedes, Oscar, Checo, Ferrari, um, Aston Martin now that they took off the upgrades. And they went Alpha back Tauri to with this, uh, Alpha Tauri with this Alpha with their blue bull, Danny Rick looking frisky and Yuki, you know, swearing the whole time. I mean, like we got people fighting for these positions that you didn't think you would, but no one's challenging Lando. So it almost feels like you have Max one A, Lando one B, and then the rest for you know battling that you have to watch. But who knows? Yeah. I guess we'll see. And and I and I right now will never get tired of Lando's champagne celebration. <laughs> um <laughs> Did you see the height of it today? It was good. His, that the was spike. insane. He calls it the spike, oh, right? Yeah. And so, like, uh, one of my friends, Paul G, uh, we watched last week together, and he couldn't get enough of the spike. He's like, I think we may have to buy Magnums for when we watch the Vegas race together, and I'll do this outside and just give it a try and see how it works as a normal person if we can make that happen. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, but anyway, so, yeah. um, okay, I think it's time for... King of the Pits versus the Pits. And I also realize we have three pit lane Pauls, but we're going to play them all oh, at we once. we didn't play them, did I we? I know. So, well, we're going to um, play them, obviously, but we just we usually do them as we go. So, Paul, apologies. A, we're going to do all three point. in a row. Well, you know, not apologies. Paul, we are giving you the spotlight uh, because yeah. there won't be a pit lane pool race update in the 100th episode. So, in our 99th episode, it's only fair that he gets a big slice 100%. of the pie. So but let's do our King of the Pits purpose. and the Pits. We did that on purpose. King of the Pits and the Pits before we go to Paul. So, let's hear the music for King of the Pits. <laughs> Trying to modulate the volume. I didn't get a chance. You're the king of the pit. Yeah. All right. Um, I went first, first last time. Oh, uh, did you? I, it doesn't matter. I'll go first. King of the pits for me was Lando. Um, Max is just that good. We could name him every time, and we should, like I did last time. But I know Lando said he didn't have the greatest weekend and he was surprised by some of his quality times and laps, which still turned out to be fine. Lando's never won a race and he has the record of tying Nick Heidfeld for the most podiums without ever getting a win, which is a, an unfair record in the Max Verstappen era. Um, he did nothing wrong during any of the races. There was chaos around him. He executed flawlessly, and for a guy who a couple years ago was a hothead when he get behind the car, he has clearly figured out a way to drive, and I love watching him race. So I would give it to Lindo. What would you do? I'd give it to the one that kind of rhymes and give it to Fernando. Yeah, um, another good one. I was really, really close because like Max was flawless and set a record, but if we keep giving it to Max all the time because he wins and he's brilliant, we'll just, we will just might as well just call it the Max of the Pits and not bother giving it out. <laughs> he should, um, actually. Lando was amazing. He really was, um, and he did everything right today. But Fernando really had to dig deep, like you say, from lap 60 onwards. He had to do Ministry of Defense for 10 laps, and then he had to somehow, after I thought Perez had finally got him, he had to kind of do that hold my beer because I want that podium back, and he did it. So you say Nando... I say Fernando. Let's call the whole thing off. No. Uh, <laughs> and let's figure out who the pits are. You're the pits. All right. This is a hard one for me because on a lot of these sprint weekends, it, like someone usually it's very evident. 
Logan was 11th so, today. Yeah, go ahead. Oh my gosh, I thought he was going to get points. Me too. Can I go first on 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 pits on this yeah, go one, for it. and go then on, and then while you think about who you want to give it to, because I'm not giving it to a driver. Really? Um, the pits for me this weekend goes to Pirelli, because because <laughs> the tire compounds chosen or what? Because the tires we basically had hard that no one used because it was pointless. It really only featured in free practice. I think that's the only time the hard compound even appeared this weekend, which means for an entire race weekend, one whole part of your allocation was pointless. <laughs> and then you've got two sets left. It's true. And everybody basically said the mediums are awful. You've just got to go into tire management mode on the mediums. The only race tire that was there this weekend was the softs. How, how can the pinnacle of motorsport have to have a race weekend and i am taking this personally because i love brazil and i went back to our notes from when we reviewed last year's brazilian grand prix and we were all over it we loved it there was so much close racing going on yeah okay it was the new the new uh, regs and the cars following each other closely but there was so much action and so much overtake for everywhere throughout the entire uh, grid we just heard over and over again about tire management and that is not racing that is just being good at looking after rubber because the rubber's rubbish. It's like we're going to make these mediums last as long as we can and then when we're on the softs, we'll have some racing, but everyone else is going to be a snooze fest because we just have to make them last long enough. So Pirelli, being watching you after the, the rubber because the rubber's rubbish. That was a lot of yes. rubbing. Whatever. I actually think that's a brilliant Pirelli idea. Pirelli the pits. I wish I'd had that idea. That's better than anything I can come up with. I mean, look at it. Who? I don't know who I'd give it to, especially given the race. Charles, it's not his fault the car fell apart. Alex, he gets the most out of the car every week. Uh, he was taken out, no fault of his own. Magnussen, he's my leader in the clubhouse, but it's really not, I don't have a ton of problems with Joe. The car it wasn't great, and he, it collapsed on him. Valtteri, car had to be retired. George, the Mercs were bad. Oscar, his car was damaged. They threw him out there with, like, duct tape on it, and he finished a couple laps behind, but he got some experience under his belt, and he's still a rookie. Um, wasn't his best weekend, but we got to remember he's he's a rookie. Danny Rick, same thing. He had no rear wing. He literally in his cockpit ducked as the tire came by, and he tried to get out of the way. The Hulk did nothing wrong. Logie was on in eleventh. Ocon in tenth. I mean, he was forgettable. I the little quality incident with Fernand. I mean, I got nothing. Yuki was ninth. He had two points. Give it and to I, Max for not winning by thirty seconds. <laughs> I don't know who to fault. Like you look at this. This is one of the few weekends, right? Since we had. The Mazepin and Latifi era before this, we've had Schumacher. I know you love him. He wasn't the greatest. We've had always had somebody. We had Nick DeVries for a while who just kind of like wasn't on the same level. And you can easily say Logan is the weakest rookie right now. He was 11th. He was, he was just behind a yeah. point on merit. And I know there are a lot of which, retirees. I was going to say, which is... Which must leave a little bit of a bitter taste in Alex's mouth because he Where would he beats uh, Sergeant by quite a bit. And he's and been out qualified 11th, every single time Logie has, yeah. but you can't, you can't, he did nothing wrong. So no, he bought it home in 11th. I mean, I'm going to give um, the Pitts award to the McLaren strategy director, whose name I do not know for not getting Oscar out earlier on the Friday quality before the rain started. I got nothing else. I really don't. Uh, that, that's fair enough. That's yeah. fair enough. <laughs> we tried. All right. I'm giving Paul. it to Pirelli. That's good. Paul was there. Well, let's hear from Paul in three separate episodes from the race weekend in Brazil. Just needs the 
yes, right? You, you're with me. It needs a yeah at with the you. end, Andy. With you at the end. All right. So I think this is the Friday. Friday at Good. Brazil done. Uh, and it's a sprint race. So you get to hear three separate reports from me, all um, explaining just how each day goes. So I have a different role as such this week. I'm covering um, our trainer. So therefore, I've got to do all the, all the helmet duties. So I am a... I am, Literally no a professional fluffer, which is nice. <laughs> um, but that was Friday, and it was it was it was qualifying day. So FP one usual, nothing great happens. Uh, interesting incident between Norris and uh, I think it was Hulkenberg. Don't really know what Lando was doing there. It seemed a bit stupid, but okay, we each to their own. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, and then qualifying, I mean, obviously, let's say it's not a shock, Max's pole, let's just pretend it's not a shock. Um, uh, and then apart from that, it rained a lot. Um, that's pretty much my summary of qualifying. And when it rained, it was a really unusual storm. Like, it, we knew it was sort of coming, but the intensity that it came was pretty shocking. Uh, but... Um, yeah, it sort of, I guess, ruined qualifying a little bit because that that was that once they'd done their first run. Oscar obviously had his issue, um, which went off, and that, you know, sort of determined qualifying. So feel a bit cheated, um, but not that uh, anything from my side was at all beneficial down there anyway. Uh, sprint tomorrow, sprint quality, sprint race. Let's see how we go. I have had nothing but chascarias for the last three days now if anyone doesn't know they are the brazilian barbecue they're pretty spectacular Fantastic. you sit down uh, with an empty plate you go to a salad buffet you you top up on this green stuff and then as long as your card is green um then people will just continue to bring skewers of random bits of meat uh and despite you saying no they still like to carve it and <laughs> shove it on your plate and you feel obliged to eat it um and i mean as nice as they are oh three in a row is just not possible in life so uh tonight i'm gonna have a night in get ready for the fun of tomorrow um and let's see where we are you never know so a quick so, note on uh go ahead i was gonna say i've uh i went to brazil with work once I've, there's, there's, there is one of those places in cardiff which it was never the same with the whole kind of uh red and green paddle thing but i've been to one in brazil and I don't know if you've been the same if you've been to one of those, but the male yes. pride kicks in where it's a sign of weakness to turn your. You card can't be go red, red first. You can't yeah. go red first, right? No. So, I've never had the meat sweats as worse as I did at that place because we're all around. We're all stubborn males sitting around the table going, "Well, I'm not turning the thing over first. So it's kind of like this whole kind of. By the end of it, you're just trying to tease this last bit of steak in and go, "Please go down," because I'm not turning to red first. <laughs> so my story. Um, back in the halcyon days of the dot-com bubble in the early 2000s when I was working as a consultant, I was staffed in New York a bunch. There was a lot of money and expense accounts and so forth. And we were at a place uh, in Restaurant Row. I actually ended up living years later, not too far from it, Brazilian Churrascari, as you said. And so I had the green button going, and like you said, I didn't want to turn it red, and I went really to town. with It was a work dinner. And we got into a competitive kind of situation. I was the youngest person there. I was an analyst. And so I challenged a few of the managers, how much could we eat? And I won. And then we got to dinner. And because we had, you know, some expenses we could work with, we ended up in a who could drink the most port competition, which I also won. But as I finished this, a guy sitting at the table next to us, I couldn't stop staring at him. It was Uncle Benny, who was in Lethal Weapon. He was the 
older mafia guy, if you remember him. Yeah. And so, oh, yeah. yeah. So I said, I swear to God, that's Uncle Benny. And so I actually, but this is before you could like pull Google up on your phone. And so I, I'm like, were you in Lethal Weapon? He goes, I was. And he was so excited to be noticed. He came over to our table and had a lot of port with us. So that's my choice. story. Let's move on to Paul's. I mean, I've been to many, but that's my favorite one, of course. Paul Saturday. Hey, all. This, um, well, I, I'm going to cheat. It's currently Sunday afternoon, and um, because I've had fat finger trouble, I've managed to delete the file uh, I recorded yesterday <laughs> after the sprint race, so I'm going to cheat. So let's start the Saturday review. Hey, now. Okay, that's uh, that's the introduction done. Um, yeah, Saturday sprint race. Very good, actually. I thought it was quite good, quite a good little battle for what it is. It's the usual jargon with a sprint race. Um, Max did what we all knew Max was going to do, and, and yeah... Uh, and then a bit of a DRS train, a sort of a bugbear of mine at the moment. But I think with the sprint races, you don't have enough time to develop uh, the gaps. And, um, and luckily, I don't know what, what's just happened in the race because I'm recording this on a Saturday. So um, but I think once you get gaps, you'll have some quite good racing. Um, so, yeah, it's... But like I said, it, it was good. No real massive... Uh, late situations I mean the qualifying instance between Alonso and Ocon was an interesting one I think both were equally to blame both were equally as innocent and um, yeah so I think we'll, we'll move on from that one um, correct decision made there with no penalties I'd like to see that um, onwards from that on Saturday yeah not a great deal to, to shades about so on and so forth um, so that was the sprint Saturday. So without further ado, let's go to the uh, race review, which obviously happens tomorrow, not uh, an hour or so ago. Um, so yeah, see you soon. Seamless, seamless. He got away with that completely. That was like totally that's why we work so Saturday. well together because we are also I mean, seamless that's, and flawless. That, I mean. That's why he got promoted to do helmet duty because there's helmet that amount up. of professionalism. Yeah, helmet. Uh, he was on TV a lot. Paul, we did see you a lot. Rob the, and I were trading I, I a ton him of at the one point where that when the camera panned around, the, it was kind of did a low point of view sweep around the car, and yeah. Paul was like in shot for about ten seconds. He definitely almost did a wink down the camera. <laughs> he, he, he was eyeballing it. I swear to God, there was a semi semi wink. Ooh, semi wink. Let's not go there. Um, yeah, what's happening? Okay. Let's start the review. Here we go. Here's Sunday. Hey, no. Oh God, this is terrible, isn't it? Yeah. So the race has just happened. And uh, listen, from our side, double DNF. Um, so I'm quite moody. I was actually playing the role of driver trainer this week, as I've mentioned. And um, yeah, so obviously that was quite good. The red flag was a little bit exciting because I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I've seen it a million times before, but yeah, when you actually thrust into it, it was a bit entertaining. Um, I can only imagine. But all good. Uh, opening lap accident was just one of those start, start incidents. I hope there's no penalties for that, as I've said in yesterday's um, review, which I recorded about you know two minutes ago. Um, I don't like to see punishments dished out for that, so I hope not. They're just racing things, and you know, you just get on with it. Uh, unfortunate for Piastri and uh, Danny Rick, who, yeah, they've just benefited from the ricochets of a debris and so on and so forth. And um, and then the actual race, yeah, you know, Max again. We'll ignore Max. We'll just go from second. Lando did a great job. Um, oh. Mercedes, they seem to struggle a little bit. They seem to go a little bit backwards. That was a bit strange for them. Um, a little bit. A little um, bit. But the Alpha Tari, again, same as last week, looks like it's 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 actually got a little. It's almost like Red Bull have, have given them some toys to play the with, blue and, ball. and they're utilising them. So, 
Uh, but apart from that, yeah, it was actually quite exciting. There's a lot of good battles in, you know, the, the turn one, turn two, three, four, let's say turn four, I think it is. That's always good to see that going on. And um, so it was a good race, actually. It, 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 some, of the, some of the, you know, obviously people who went out early, that strange one with Leclerc, hydraulic issue, that's disappointing for him. There was rumours that Sainz had a gearbox issue so you know people say is it late in the season you know is it reliability a problem maybe yes of course it might just be you've got a load of very tired mechanics and engineers <laughs> you know i doubt that's really the one but you have to be fair it's the end of a three-week trip um and yeah then um, and now i've seen the last few laps with um, the perez alonso battle it was brilliant to see that's you know that's the sort of race we want to see um, 100%. All, all down throughout, I thought it was an excellent race. I thought it was, you know, it was quite exciting. There were battles going on everywhere. There were battles down the back. Um, frustrating from our side because we've lost, we've lost a lot of points here because you know we we could have scored points. We could have been ninth or tenth, and it's it's desperately frustrating. You know that is motor racing, and it's a cliche, and and it sucks. Um, so I mean I won't lie. I'm uh, going back to the hotel. We'll have some food. I'm off to the airport, and I'm actually on a bit of a I'm on a lovely flight tonight uh, via Washington, Denver, and eventually landing in Seattle, um, where I will drive um, down for Yellowstone um, into Vegas for the next wow. race, which I don't really know what is going to be. To be honest with you, and I don't think people of Vegas really want us there because uh, it's just tearing the city up so it's going to be quite interesting the third and final race in america this season um and obviously hopefully we'll have some news on the new american team that might be coming in hopefully that's going to be something that's good there's this no week, reason why not so it could be a great weekend for america uh for, for us it's just another race but it is closer to the end of the season and a season which you know was done in dust a few weeks ago but at least we can have exciting races like today. I'm off to get drunk. Bye-bye. Can we sign off like that every week? I'm off to get I'm drunk. I'm off to get drunk. Bye-bye. <laughs> Paul, that was great. Thanks, man. We, we, we can't appreciate you enough uh, for that. By the way, did we just do an Alberto Fabregas and break some news that there's rumors in the paddock that within the next two weeks, the next American team will be announced? I don't know. Maybe we did. Oh, maybe we'll, uh... we did. Maybe we did. There were some sap stats that we want to hit, um, and I'm going to steal these, and I'll explain why in a second. But I think it's worth going to the very amazing. Um, let's do this jingle. I love it very much. Sap stats. Sap stats Brazilian Grand Prix edition, and because of the Packer game, which happened after this, I'm walking in and stealing Sean Kelly stats straight away from the website, having pasted them into Notion, so I'll read them and you'll hear them and we will all laugh and be kind and jolly together. So Verstappen's victory means Red Bull tie Mercedes 2016 record of 19 wins in a single season in one less race in 2016 than we had this year. So Red Bull needs to win one more to take that uh, outright. They also broke Mercedes 2016 record for the most laps led in a season. I haven't talked about laps led a lot on here because I think it's a dumb stat, but I just wanted to highlight that they've done that too. Um, <laughs> we talked about this last week, how Verstappen had lapped the field, and we kind of talked how he's first and second, and we'd done the analysis. At that point after Mexico, his points lead over the second-place driver in the standings is now bigger than Seb's entire points total when he won Red Bull's first World Championship in 2010. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Excuse me. It was his 52nd, Max's 52nd career win, passing Alain Prost, 
moving him to fourth on the all-time list. He's still a very young man. It was his 17th win of 23, extending his own season record, which we talked about last week. He's only been beaten once in the last 16 Grand Prix, and we already talked about that. It was in Singapore. And Lando finished P2 for McLaren. It was, and I already mentioned this because this was big on the on the pod, on the uh, uh, the show itself, on the actual F1 race. It was his 13th career podium, but it ties him with Nick Heidfeld for most podiums without a race win. However, there's the Sean Kelly portion I didn't know. There were four drivers who have gone beyond that and then won. So they've extended the record, but then won, taking their name off. Patrick DePaulier, Jean Alesi, Mika Hakkinen, and Eddie Irvine all had 15 podiums before their first win. So, Lando, you've got time, brother. It was the seventh podium finish of the season for Norris. That is, of course, his favorite number in all time. We've already talked about that. Fernando took P3 for Aston Martin, beating Sergio Perez by 0.053, which is what I already mentioned, which is exciting. All my new F1 friends, if I can be honest, like come to the sport and don't understand why the finishes are so spread out. And so I wish all of them had watched this race and seen that finish there because that's what they all, like a race to the line is what they're all anticipating. We rarely get that. That was fantastic. It was Alonso's second podium finish in the last 12 Grand Prix after he'd had six in the first eight races. So again, happy to see the doldrums are done at hopefully at Aston Martin. And Alonso now has nine podium finishes at Interlagos without ever winning here. An all-time F1 record for a single circuit. Most podiums wow. without a win at a circuit. Fernando you, at Interlagos. Have you got any more Max ones? No. Do you have one? I think, I, think, I think you've missed a Max one. Go for it. I think, I half saw this, I haven't validated that it's true, but I think his win <laughs> today means that even if he doesn't win any more races this season... He's beaten Ascari's win percentage, so in he'll the take the all-time win percentage in a single season. Really? Now, Ascari's was six out of eight races. Right. He won. Yes. So it's massively 52? different. But, uh, yeah, yeah, obviously. Uh, Look at um, us. I think by Max winning this one today, he's eclipsed that. So oh, Domination. After his P4 finish... Perez is now 32 points clear Lewis. So this was obviously a big deal coming into the race. Lewis is... Yeah, I uh, think Perez is... I think he's, I think he's safe now. His D, Lewis's DQ at the U.S. Grand Prix for the plank, which cost him 20 points, uh, Delta to Checo, was, I think, the killer. And so he's 32 points clear of Lewis and hypothetically can clinch the runner-up position in Vegas in two weeks. Checo's raced at Interlagos more times than any other circuit without ever finishing on the podium. So another well, interesting podium stat about Interlagos. Uh, Lance Stroll P5 for Aston Martin was his second top five finish of the season and his first so, since Australia. We haven't so talked we about Lance mention, a lot today. We didn't mention Lance, so I do want to no. give him a little bit of a shout out. He because He does get a lot of, he gets a huge amount of criticism because everyone says that he's, the only reason he's in F1 is because of his dad. Agreed. Oh, right, okay. he, agreed I'm he sorry. gets too much criticism for it. He, he gets too much criticism Correct. for it. Correct. Right? So he today... Okay, so he started third because of uh, rain conditions in qualifying. He was out of position for qualifying, let's say. So let's throw that criticism and say, oh, yeah, he was only third on the grid because of freak weather. Okay, fine, he was. He started third. He bought it home fifth. If you are a Latifi that starts third, you bring do not it bring it home fifth. 15th. You might not even bring it home because you probably <laughs> bin it, right, at some point. So is Stroll ever going to win a race? Probably not. Is he ever going to win a world championship? Definitely not. Definitely not. Is he a Latifi at the back that no. doesn't deserve to be an F1? No. He just gets a bit too much grief because his dad owns the team. 
and he and rightly so because he's never going to be able to so, unless Lance sells Aston Martin. Uh, sorry, unless um, Lawrence, Lawrence st- sells Aston Martin, Lance stays in the team, then maybe he can get rid of the shackles of that one, or if, unless he moved team. But he's a decent driver. I hate interrupting all this to go on a rant, but I agree a hundred percent with you. When I was looking for the pits driver, I purposely read from the bottom up. And none of the drivers I mentioned, and I, I did reference this, there's no Latifi, there's no Mazepin, sorry, there's no uh, Mick Schumacher, who's learning. And if he had time, I think it would have been better, but enough. There's no one like that on the grid today. And it's kind of sad that you look at next year and all these great F2 drivers really don't have anywhere to go. But we have a bumper crop of talent in the F1 field right yeah. now. And there's no weak link. There are some paid drivers, but they got there and they've earned it at this point. And so to me, I look at it and... Logan is the weakest link of the 20 drivers, in my humble opinion. Yeah. And, and he's still today. not crap. He's still yeah. doing a fine 100%. job. In a yep. car that isn't great, he finished 11th today. And he stayed out of trouble. Like, there's no weak link. So I agree I agree 100%. I wouldn't even put Lance in the bottom couple drivers. And that's saying a lot. I mean, he's definitely yeah. he he did a good job finishing fifth. I hate to say he it did. because I like to be annoyed with him. Because we've um, quite often said that Alonso has eked way more out of that car. He than has though, Lance. Now, and he, and he has a hundred percent. He has, but like today, when they've taken the upgrades off and they're kind of back at it again, you've got Alonso finishing third and um, Stroll finishing fifth with only Checo Perez and a Red Bull between them. Now, I know probably time-wise they were way behind. He was way behind, but <laughs> still. he still brought it in fifth. You still yes. can only bring it home where you can bring it home, right? Agreed. So, no, he did well. So Yeah, agreed. I, I appreciate so, any... you saying that. We went off on a tangent, but I appreciate you saying that. That's okay. Any last stats before we wrap up the weekend? Uh, and Hamilton's P8 for Mercedes was his worst Interlagos finish in the hybrid era. Uh, again, as we said, Mercedes was bad with P9 for Alpha Tauri. Yeah, they did. Yuki, his first ever points finish in a Grand Prix at Interlagos. And then here's one of my favorites. Yuki has now scored 10 points in the last three race weekends. What? Good old he had only had three in the first 17 races, and we already talked about Danny Rick. The Alpha Tauri is on fire. And I can't figure this last one out. Charles Leclerc's did not start, marked the second time in the last four Grand Prix that Ferrari have lost a car before the start. What was the other one? The last four Grands oh, Prix. Oh, Carlos Sainz and his fuel thing didn't start yes. at, um, wherever it was. Uh, Qatar, because it was so yes. hot. And then Lewis crashed out in the first lap, and the two of them were laughing in the paddock. Like, oh, good thing you didn't have to race that. Right, I forgot exactly. about yeah. that. Good call, Rob. Look at you being a positive contribution to the race. Review. That's all I had. Fantasy was no. still calculating when I started. I will turn it to you to talk a little bit about the 100th. Well, I will. I just tie a little bow around Brazil. I... Went into the weekend probably with expectations too high. I love this circuit. I always believe we've had great racing here. Um, listening to Paul with him kind of saying it was a great race. If I if I can take myself out of that hole, I thought Mercedes and other teams were going to take it to max and put that to one side. We did have quite a lot of battles through the midfield, but I kind of wasn't ready to go back to that whole rest of the rest battle. And actually thinking about it, as me and you've both gone back and forth here, yeah. I think it was worse than that. This year, when Max has driven off into the distance, we have quite often had a best of the rest battle a second. The day we didn't even get that, because best like you said, with third. your 1A, 1B, yeah. um, Lance, Lando has now kind of moved his way a little bit clear of that best of the rest battle at the moment, where we are right now. And you're right, it's now battle for third, last step on the podium battle. And I think because I wasn't expecting that today, I came away when the race finished, I was a little bit underwhelmed by the whole thing. 
reviewing it with you, it was probably better than I made out. I still don't think it was a classic Brazilian Grand Prix, but uh, I agree. I agree. I agree. Well, one thing I do want to say again, we'll do fantasy next week. Um, we have not done a 100 seconds in the last few weeks. Rob and I have both had crazy work schedules, but there are three people, Craig, Dylan, and Mike, who have signed up to do it. And the minute we can all find time, we will bring them on. So look forward to that starting shortly. We can't wait to have and, you guys on. And on that note, um, to some degree, I'm quite glad that we didn't get anybody else booked in because next week is our 100th episode. Somehow... These two bozos have kept going for, well, right now, 99 times. Who knows? Maybe we don't make it to next week and we're <laughs> one short of the century. But um, uh, we 100th show next week. It is going to be quite self-indulgent. We're going to look back on guests. Uh, have I been going through our back catalogue of episodes, cropping out sound bites? Mm, you'll have to find out next week. Have we looked at the 100 seconds of DRS as a thing and tried to make a little bit of a celebration out of that? Yes. So looking at you, Dre, the fact that we let you come on in like episode 96 or something and do a, a quite a late DRS caused me a little bit of editing. But, uh, you know, you'll have to find out next week to find out what that is. Um, yeah, I've done something as well. I'm going to keep it secret till next week. I've done something as well. And we're having oh, a sale. You want to keep it secret from me? It's the hundred. And we're having you know, a sale we're... at the store, www.dirtysideofthetrack.com. Click on merch. It's on our Redbubble site. Everything is at cost. Grab some some merch. I got the new Dirty Side Stripe hoodie modeled after the Lamborghini Balboni, which had the offset stripe and then the little stripe next to it, which was the inspiration for it. As a car nerd, I love stuff like that. And then I wrote Dirty Side on it. I got a hoodie. And Comic and Sans. Always... No, it's not Comic Sans. <laughs> it's something called Blender or Grinder or Tinder. It's one of the hookup website names that they had on the font. I'm like, ooh, I like this idea. And I don't know what I'm hooking up with, but I'm taking it because it was awesome. So, yeah, so next week it will be probably lots and lots of recapping uh, of our journey to 100. We will get a preview of Vegas in there because that'll, be that'll be the week after. What are we doing um, for the preview of Vegas? It's in Vegas. Good luck. Uh, no, you know, it's, um, I'm sure we'll find 2. something. 2.3 miles about. of uh, resurfaced asphalt in the middle of the Exactly. Night. We'll have some track stats and uh, all that kind of good stuff. But if you have ever been on... 100 seconds of DRS, I would just say make sure you tune in next week. Yes. That's what I'm going to say. You will be featured. And uh, with that, um, yeah. I will close I'm this out. Say, yeah, I'm looking at uh, you now, Brian. Uh, right. you, you, you are our kind So I do of, have two uh, things to say close as out, we close out. Number one, this is for Valtteri. So, Paul, if you've listened and made it this far on all of your journeys, tell Valtteri that there was a guy in the Dirty Side podcast who said, oh, don't worry, Vegas will be warm. And Valtteri goes, won't it be cold in November in Vegas? And I said, nah, it's the desert. You'll be fine. Wrong. It's going to be cold. So so be prepared. <laughs> I, got, I got that way off. And then two, um, we appreciate everyone listening. Thanks so much for joining us. This was our last Ooh. sprint weekend. Oh, no, Rob wants to get back in on the action. He, oh, wanted, he wants me to close it out. I do want you to close it out, but I, I did want to give a shout out, and I've completely forgotten this, is that um, uh, anybody listening on Radio St. Petersburg, they've now actually formally set up the Florida Sports Stream. And if you go to the website, we're actually featured as the Monday night uh, yeah, little baby. schedule. We're there. You can click it. They've set up a link tree now where they've actually um, set up the ability that if you like the show, you can click through. So they've actually put the link to our podcast on their website. So I don't know if anybody from Radio St. Petersburg listens, but if you do, thank you so much. That's amazing and that we're on the radio down there. And we've even had... more now that you've actually advertised the show by giving a clickable link. That's amazing. 100%. And we've had people from Dunedin and Tarpon Springs and other places I, I stumbled there I know it's Dunedin I lived there for many years lots of Tarpon homies have come on even though I didn't know them at the time 
join us. But with that, we are closing out the episode. Everyone have a wonderful day, a great week. We can't wait to talk to you next week on our, as already advertised, self-indulgent 100th episode. We hope you all have a wonderful, safe, healthy, and fantastic week. Go out and kick some ass. Talk to you soon. Goodbye.